0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
1: The media bar is alive. It is a frenzy of excitement and... uh, I can't remember what to say. (laughs) He's had one beer, folks. One
2: beer, not even a pint.
1: It's a bottle. It's a frenzy because um, everybody's talking. It's packed. It's packed with people at the bar and everybody's talking about what they've just witnessed, which was Roger Federer rolling back the years to beat Novak Djokovic in straight sets. And... I know I predicted it, but... <laughs> Inside the first minute. Yeah. <laughs> and that's with a complete cock-up in the first intro. Um, it was still surprising to me that it ended up quite the way it was. I, th- I thought it would be... When I said it would be Federer winning. I thought it would be that in order to go toe-to-toe with Novak Djokovic for two and a half hours. And that he would probably lose the middle set um, in order to win the match. But... Yeah, what did you make of it all?
2: There was no middle set. I think there needed not to be because his last five victories over Djokovic, um, and of course the last one was four years ago, um, have all come in straight sets. So had there been a middle set and then a deciding set, even with that Federer performance, I would have been favouring... Djokovic. I was waiting for the moment, or perhaps even the incident, you know, the one, the one cry from the cl- crowd that would spark him and bring out the Hulk, bring out the defiance. Um, because usually he's fired up by the responses of, of crowds when he faces Federer, and today he was utterly dejected by it. I mean, he had an air of resignation sort of in the third game didn't he 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 had accepted his fate before the end of the first set I, I thought it didn't mean he wasn't still trying and still fighting but he was resigned to the tone of the evening I thought
3: yeah Federer Djokovic is just one of my absolute favorite matchups and the and the reason being. Is because they each have what the other one wants or desires. They are, they are pretty much complete, almost perfect tennis players, but they both miss something. And for Federer, it's a kind of granite, steel-like ability to perform his absolute best against his biggest rivals in the biggest matches you know it's it's the it's truth that he's lost more of those big matches than he's won against his rivals whereas Djokovic wins those matches normally I'm talking mainly about the slams and for Djokovic what he craves is what Federer has more than any tennis player probably ever human <laughs> human is that is that love and you can You can sometimes overblow that narrative about Djokovic not being loved. He does have support, he absolutely does. But when he comes up against Federer and you're in the stadium like we were tonight, you feel the overwhelming love that Federer has. And normally it's to Djokovic's immense credit that he channels that and kind of says F you to all of them and turns it it into a positive for him. But tonight, I didn't think he did at all. He was kind of sulking about about all the crowd on Federer's side, and it looked like it got to him, in my opinion.
1: And uh, I would say that it's it shows just how tiring it is to be defiant. Mm. You know, you have to be to be fighting all the time against that tidal wave of emotion. Um, I I've never known how he does it really when he's at the slams and he's able to do it I always think H- how are you doing mm. and, he, and he, he'll what he does at the slams he seems to inject himself with the with the energy that they give Federer and and turn it back mm. on them all
3: well that was the quote he gave at Wimbledon wasn't he when they're chanting Roger Roger I hear Novak Novak yeah
1: and look he can still do it oh no yeah no question about it but I think he can do it less often I think it takes him so much more energy to to steel himself against that and and, and rage against it um, that you know he has to pick his moments. Mm-hmm. And really, the the truth is, one more ATP finals, one more world number one they those are not the things that are going to define Novak Djokovic's career. Mm-hmm. What will define him ultimately? between now and the end of his career is whether he gets more Grand Slams. If he ends up with more Grand Slams, he'll still overall, overall be less popular because that's just the way it is. But he'll be able to say, screw you, I got more Grand Slams. See you later. That That's the one thing that Novak Djokovic will be able to do. But, but at this event, this in this match against Roger Federer playing like this... I d- it was too much for him.
3: And I, I still think of Djokovic in my mind as the best player, the one who goes into every tournament as the favourite, basically. But I'm starting to think that maybe that's a slightly outdated kind of viewpoint to have. That was Djokovic a few years ago, pre- inju- you know, pre-injury and pre-lull that he had of motivation. Now he, he really does kind of peak... A few times a year, and that's enough to still have a great year and still win slams. But he can't necessarily bring it all the time. And as you say, because I think it's it's exhausting to the kind of tennis he plays and what he's up against.
2: I think the quest for for that sixth year end number one has taken so much out of him emotionally that he that he didn't have it in him to, to be defiant. tonight. I think that was probably the critical factor in him being unable to produce the, the defiance that we were expecting and that we've become used to and perhaps even taken for granted that, that he's able to do that in the face of... Uh, some, some people will think it's completely legitimate. Some people won't. But in the face of an absolutely overwhelming torrent of... Negative energy um, I, I mean the debate always is for me, there is a, a a difference between love and respect. I think he is no one's entitled to love, but he he is absolutely entitled to respect and for, for me the, the the line is crossed when he's shown disrespect i I was pleasantly surprised when the players walked out on court that I thought they were. I mean obviously it was louder for Federer but I thought they were both greeted incredibly warmly and during the warm up in the opening stages I thought it was pretty respectful And, and uh, but, but some people report that double faults were being cheered and so on my feeling is that if they were it was only from a smattering mm. now I'm sure if you're in that position of hearing your double faults being cheered a smattering is enough to make you feel really crap um but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was US Open final 2015 in, in that the, the general mood of the place was disrespectful. I, I, I think it was on the right side, by and large, albeit probably with a few people that, that got the tone
1: wrong. What, but, w- what won it for Federer? What, what did he do well today? How, how well did he play? Was this about Novak Djokovic not really turning up or was he just prevented from playing? I think, first and
3: foremost, it started with Federer's serve, which was the best I've seen it in a long, long time. He was not only getting a high percentage of first serves in, but he was hitting his spots. He ended up, I think, with 12 aces, I want to say, against Djokovic in two fairly quick sets. That is absurd. That is so good.
2: I think he was serving 83% in the first set and and winning almost all of those points. And it's... He... (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. In the, in the first match against team, he served really badly. Yeah. And the quotes after that were, well, if I'm going to beat Berrettini, I need to improve my serve. And he didn't play any better against Bertini, as we discussed, but he served better and that was enough for him to win. And then uh, we, we had an interview with Severin Luthi before the match tonight and all he was talking about was the significance of the serve. It's like he just goes, oh, I'm going to have to serve better. I'll do that I'll do that yeah done great I mean it (laughs) it shouldn't be that easy
3: and and it's the kind of secondary effect of serving well is it frees him up because he knows that he's getting cheap points and he can take more risks and he can just swing at Djokovic's serve which was off Djokovic was not serving particularly well tonight there was a There was a moment where he had a sharp pain in his elbow. He said he did say it was just a moment, and it affected him there and then, and then didn't really for the rest of the match. Um, But Djokovic's serve was off, and Federer was teeing off on 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 the returns and just being so sort of hyper aggressive first strike tennis. Mm. It was just he was soaring out there, and you were kind of riding along with him. It was an absolute joy, Federer playing like that.
2: But also defending unbelievably well. Unbelievably well in the first set, I thought his, ah, his movement. Is, is so underrated I know we end up saying his movement is underrated which then by definition means that we are rating it and it's
1: not underrated It's, it's underrated for a 38-year-old oh. Yeah,
2: and the, and you know in our closing show tonight after the match on Prime I think we probably did about 20 minutes off the, off the back of the match we only mentioned that he's 38 once and that was a throwaway comment buried in the midst of some other analysis somewhere I mean and it's only because, you know, the, there's only so much you can bang on about his age. But he's 38, guys.
1: Yeah. He, it's insane. It's, there, there, it's was rid- a, there was a rally in the ridiculous. first set. I, I felt that the, the tone was set by the rally in the first set where they went toe-to-toe. And Djokovic absolutely blasted a two-handed backhand on the line and hit the line. And we saw the Federal movement to get to his right to get it back and neutralise that shot and get back into a rally. And then the moment that he was given another rallying ball, he then did to Djokovic what he's been doing to Nadal for the last three years, which was smack a backhand cross-court with everything he got. And I, I thought, Do you know, it's almost as though he's watched Dominic team from two days ago. And thought, Which he probably has. And thought, hold on, he's getting success from slice backhands and chips to stay in rallies and then just destroying mm. tennis balls when the moment that he gets a look.
2: He, he would have watched team, wouldn't he? He's, a, he's, because he's a f- tennis fan and that was a great match. B, because he loves single-handed backhands. When I asked <laughs> him about playing team first match before the tournament... He said, "Oh, I really like Dominic's team because I'm a fan of single-handed backhands." <laughs> Isn't
1: that great? <laughs> Which is, yeah, the, uh, speaking the, for us all. <laughs>
2: the, yeah,
1: the press conference has just been has just taken place. We we didn't get a chance to go to it, but I, I just saw one quote that really stood out to me. That just because of the information that it had imparted about preparation, he said, "I spent an hour and a quarter with my team talking about this match ahead of it and planning for all the scenarios and trying to work out the ways that it might go." Wow.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah. And it felt like he was clear in his mind about the way he wanted to play that match. I think the comparison you've just given to how he's played Nadal in the last few years, that for mm. me is what's changed against Nadal. He's liberated, he knows how to beat him and he goes out there and does it.
2: Yeah, and he's he d- all he decides, oh, I should probably do that. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do, do that, that then. <laughs> Yeah,
3: and it'll work. But he's always, it's always been, he's not really had that clear formula against Djokovic because Djokovic poses different problems but tonight Federer just had a game plan and did it from first ball to last he was he was clear in his mind about what he needed to do out of there
1: wasn't it interesting on match point when Federer won mm. it his reaction oh. because he's spent the last three or four months showing how good he is at getting over that excruciating Wimbledon final loss in which he had two match points um, by saying you know yes, it, it was it was a tough one, but I do I go back to my family, I do what I do to get over it, etc., etc. And the moment he won that match, even though I mean you said, Catherine, that towards the end of the first set it, it felt like the writing was on the wall and that Djokovic wasn't quite there. Well, the last three games of the match, Djokovic was basically tanking. Yeah. Um. And and he was I'm, gone. I'm I'm not criticizing him for that because like I say the amount you have to keep putting in and he's had how many years of producing he's got 16 slams You cut. I'm, I feel you cut somebody like him a bit more slack than you do very of last night and I know not everybody would agree me, with me about that but if you haven't done it you better keep on scrapping until you do um, but the reaction of Federer was as though it wasn't Inevitable that he was going to win at that point. He leaps into the air. He punches the air. He's roaring. He shakes hands, and then he goes off and has a massive celebration in the court on his own. That was to him. I don't know. It was just putting putting it all to bed mm. in his well, mind. It was right like there. it was. It was like it was personal. Yeah. Out there. It's cathartic.
2: We mm. ran the super slow mo shots of that celebration about three times <laughs> over, just on a loop. Because they were so, they were so great and emotive and poignant, I suppose. Um, and he was he was giddy in his on court interview, wasn't he? He Was yeah. that sort of couldn't couldn't quite contain it all? And I know it's not that I don't believe him when he says and has been saying that you know it only took him what did he say? Oh, it took me days, maybe a couple of weeks to get over that Wimbledon final, but. Maybe it took him that time for it not to be sort of constantly on his mind and <laughs> wake him up at night. But it doesn't mean it's not there in your subconscious, in your psyche. And he went on a camper van holiday, didn't he? I mean that—that's midlife crisis behaviour. It's <laughs> not. That's not. Everything's cool. I'm going to do everything as normal, baby. I'm sure it was lovely, but that says to me, oh cripes, I've got to, got to get away from it all. And, the, the, and
1: I felt the reaction, feel the, feel the earth at the end of the the match. Though I felt the reaction of the two of them, and generally, kind of maybe sums up their approaches to life a little bit because I don't, I didn't sense that this loss hurt Novak Djokovic enormously, in as much as, well, he's the one who won Wimbledon, you know. He's the one won Wimbledon. And Federer was taking out of this win what he, what he wanted. He was loving it. But, you know, when you line it up, it's another... And look, we love this tournament. We're doing podcasts every day because we love it. It is a big deal. But it's, the, it's another Tour Finals. It's not Wimbledon. You know, I, I mean... Djokovic peaks now for the slams and I really don't think he's that fussed about anything else.
2: I do think he was fussed about year end number one for a sixth time though.
1: Yeah, I think he was. A lot. I, I mean it, I wonder how much that elbow was bothering him, you know. Um, I mean I don't I, I thought I thought he was hitting the ball really well in the first set. He was he suddenly got to I mean he started poorly, but then once he found his feet a little bit, he started absolutely mm. crashing the ball around. And it seemed to me that Federer had taken the view of, okay, well, I better not get involved in, in too many rallies at all then.
2: I, I have to say, I, d- I mean, it's, I, I agree with all of your, your analysis about Djokovic peaking for slams and the Wimbledon final, but I, 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 th- I think not getting year-end number one will
1: will hurt. So where was the defiance then? Because if, if yeah, if, I know if you, if it makes it all edge, the more. If you had that edge, that need he would have found it I think he might not have won but he wouldn't have found out like that
2: maybe I mean there's so many layers of, of dynamic going on with I mean a with round robin tennis and all of that but b with the that the year-end race to number one I think had it been in his hands I think the fact that it even if he'd won the tournament it still wasn't in his hands that made it slight sl- slight, loss of clarity um, in the mind I think had it been just a really s- binary, brutal I, I keep winning and I wrestle that year end number one title I equal Pete Sampras and I do something that Nadal and Federer haven't done maybe it would have been just fractionally different in his mind and We know it's a game of of fractions.
1: We've seen more of this from Djokovic this year than, I mean, I I don't include the, the couple of years where he had his elbow injury and he was burnt out, but since his return and since his Grand Slam winning days have returned, I mean, he's won two slams this year, so incredible. What he did in Australia is the best tennis I've seen all year. Uh, he won Wimbledon without actually playing that well, mm-hmm. which is s- extraordinary. But we've seen now the French Open semi against Team, when he he, he just couldn't find it. In I mean, the Team was brilliant. In that wind, in all those horrible conditions, he just I got the sense he just didn't want to be there anymore. He'd had enough. Um, at the U.S. Open, when, when 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 the pain started. He just didn't want to fight through the barrier anymore. Maybe, maybe he physically couldn't, but also I think mentally there's a... Like I say, it just takes so much. Today it was an emotional one, I think, as well as maybe whatever pain he got. He's looking around and, I don't know, it would crush me to sort of um, have that. And, and you, you would have to... It's still there, but just to relentlessly fight against it, I don't know. I, I think he can do it occasionally.
2: What what crushed you? Do you think it was disrespectful?
1: No, I, I'm saying it would crush me oh, if, I, right. if, if, it, I, if I was in were, his shoes Were you in his yeah. six time
2: Grand I, Slam champion shoes? Yeah,
1: it, I was alright with it He's be, an
2: empathetic be, man, folks
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, I, was, I was trying to imagine how how you would feel and I've thought this for a number of years that it just it doesn't seem quite fair and yet, and yet from a crowd perspective for the absolute, absolute majority of the time look, you feel how you feel You can't make people uh, feel a different way. It's
2: not that I'm not sympathetic with him. If I were in his shoes tonight, I would feel exactly the same and without question deal with it significantly worse than (laughs) Novak Djokovic does. I would... Oh, I'd be a... I'd be a absolute existential, walking existential crisis. I am sympathetic immensely... But it's this frustrating, ironic situation of it being a, it's self-fulfilling, isn't it? People take against him because he's so desperate to be loved. People don't love him because he's so desperate to no, be loved.
1: I, I, I think we're beyond that. I don't think he couldn't. And, he the,
2: and then factor in the fact that it's he Federer, he can't
1: win. Of he course, then it's, it's, th- it's
3: all. I think the federal factor here is the main. I mean, if, if you look at the Djokovic team match, okay, maybe marginally more of the crowd were going for team, but it was nothing like what we had today. With Fed- Federer is a unique case.
2: But, ha- but, but, why but why hang does- on, team. But okay, so what about Federer's other matches here? I mean, team team Federer was overwhelmingly Federer, and, and team was nonplussed by it.
3: Yeah, but. I think being plus by it has actually helped Djokovic in 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 so many of these moments. He's managed to turn it into a positive. Because of his
2: sheer will and mental fortitude. Absolutely. But with the crowd, in terms of resolving that situation with the crowd, it hasn't helped. No. It's perpetuated the situation. He's just found this extraordinary way of turning it into a... Sure. To, of converting it into fuel, which what? is un, unreal.
1: Why, why do crowds react to Federer the way they do? I mean... It, it, it,
2: look, I, I mean, I, I get Roger Federer. I, I, I get every way that he's great for the sport. I love watching him. I, I am pro-Federer, but it does baffle me a bit sometimes. The degree uh, of the it. The degree of it, yeah. The the cultishness of it. The I was looking down at a bunch of blokes wearing... Superman costumes. So Lycra.
0: Where,
2: but instead of the S, there was the RF logo. Oh, I, I
3: thought you were going to say Federer's face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there was plenty of that as yeah. well.
1: They've got I Federer thought, masks on.
2: Imagine being a person that owns a Lycra onesie <laughs> with an RF logo <laughs> across the chest. Oh, well, there we go. Like these, was... these are people with jobs. Like They'll go into... <laughs> They'll go into the office tomorrow morning and pretend that they're
3: normal, like
2: us, <laughs> sort of regular, regular folk. They'll they'll have their morning coffee and mingle. They'll be on the tube. We won't know. Is it, you you could they walk sa- among you us. You could be sat on the tube carriage tomorrow. Honestly, if you're listening, and you're listening on your commute. Look around. There might be somebody in your carriage that hours ago was wearing a Lycra onesie with an RF logo on the chest. <laughs> it's a night out. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely bananas.
1: Is it, is it the longevity? Look, it's flipping
2: John Burko. He was holding down a respectable job <laughs> for years whilst also being... was holding
1: the country together. Yeah.
2: Whilst also being truly nuts <laughs> about Roger Federer... I mean, Matt and I were watching from the Prime yeah, Studio we, we because, were our sort usual... of, watching the
3: match and also watching John Burke. Yeah,
2: on the on the front row, um, just being
1: nuts. <laughs> um, is it I the... could
2: see the veins popping out of his neck from about forty meters away.
1: Is it, is it the longevity? I mean, obviously, you know, there's the way he plays, which is. It is a joy to behold, I think. Yeah. Even even I, people that don't support him can surely look at the way he plays and just not... You can't not be kind of beguiled by the way he plays the sport. Um, is it the way he carries himself? Is it the way he's done it for so long and racked up all these titles? And I don't... What is it that what, achieves this?
2: Well, it, r- it ramps up every year, every every week, it ramps up with time, obviously both because you just accumulate fans nobody's ceasing to be a Roger Federer fan are they? I mean I suppose a few of them are dying but <laughs> nobody's seeing a Federer performance and going, oh it's not for me anymore <laughs> so he's accumulating fans and, and, and also there's the sense of we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to enjoy this fall
3: and that's exactly what Federer said in his press conference the other day he said you know he was asked about the level of crowd support and he said I do get the sense that there are people every time I play watching in the stadium as though it's going to be the last time they see me play and that is a that's both a powerful thing for the fans to think so if they if they are thinking that then they probably are going to put their absolute all into their support for that match and it's also a powerful thing for Federer to be aware of and every time he steps on court it's almost like he knows he has a responsibility to them to give his best And
1: He's well, also an absolutely massive show off who just loves yeah. everybody looking at him and playing off the planet tennis <laughs> and, <laughs> and I say that as somebody who likes him immensely as a, I, as a I, When
2: I was a kid I was, I mean how my parents pulled this off, I don't know, but they convinced me that for my seventh birthday treat, it would be great if we all went to see the Rolling Stones at Wembley. Oh, yeah. Obviously seven-year-old me had never heard of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> my parents were like, oh they're this, you know, epic epic band, you know, really vital to the cultural fabric and history of, of the UK and it's their last ever tour. <laughs> this is the last ever chance to see them. It was the Voodoo Lounge tour. And so you'll be able to say when you grow up that you saw the Rolling Stones on their last ever tour.
1: That
2: was 26 years ago, and they're <laughs> still touring.
1: <laughs> well, what are we saying? Uh, well, well, the, well, I probably
2: people, what? I know, what, eight years ago were thinking, well, we <laughs> this, is, this might be the last time.
0: Yeah. What year, <laughs> year did, did that conversation
3: time? have in... Yeah. In, what, what year did that conversation happen in households over Roger Federer? You're. I Definitely mean, I
2: remember. I mean,
3: I remember Federer winning Wimbledon in 2012 and people thinking he was old.
2: Yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, people thought his decline had started when he lost to Rafael Nadal in the 2008 Wimbledon <laughs> final. Yeah. I interviewed him <laughs> in. I interviewed him after the. Two- it's not a
2: take that's aged well. <laughs> I interviewed
1: it? him after the 2007 Wimbledon <laughs> win and asked him how long he would probably be going for. <laughs> <laughs> that was 12 years ago. <laughs> I said, I said to him could, I did a live interview I said could you imagine yourself still playing at the London Olympics <laughs> 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 it was five years away it seemed, it seemed like a long time, you know that would have been that would, you'd have been 30 you'd have been something, in his 30s you know so. and he's like yeah and he said yeah I'd like to be one of those players like Jimmy Connors who played well into his 30s and you thought good luck mate I thought exactly that I think I probably said it <laughs> um, he just loves it though yeah he, he was like a big kid
2: in that interview tonight on the court and he, yeah and even the way he was even
3: the way he was playing he was back to like pinging the balls at the ball kids yeah <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean when he's when he's not himself <laughs> he doesn't do that Th- this but,
1: is this is part of the effect isn't it, it people feed off his love for it all mm. um, yeah yeah that's that's true uh Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Won himself £116,000. Yes, in a match that didn't mean a whole lot. Dominant team wasn't very well today, I heard. Well, he, he hasn't been up very well all week. I, I,
3: I watched back his victory speech post Djokovic and actually he, he was bunged up he hasn't yeah. got much of a voice Apparently in his that.
2: his his mum had had a cold and uh, she passed it on to him I'd have sent her home hmm. genuinely I I mean batten down the hatches
3: yeah but so it I think that slightly affected him, but it was more just a weird match. He knew he'd top the group. He'd...
2: The only interesting thing I've got to say about Team Bertini is that Nicolas Massou has had to go to Madrid for Davis Cup duty
3: because he's the captain.
2: He's the captain. So Dominic Team is now a fully family affair for Dominic. He's being coached by Wolfgang Team.
1: Yes, Wolfgang father. and Moritz,
2: and being warmed up by Moritz.
1: Cool. <laughs> Right then, uh, so who's playing who now? Uh, it's team is topping the group, Federer's second.
2: But, they but don't we, know but who we they don't play. know
1: the order of the other group. Because tomorrow... But
2: Federer seems to not care at all. Who would Federer himself.
3: least like to play, do
2: you think? I think, think he'd quite like to play Nadal.
3: I so think he'd got, like we, to play Nadal.
1: We've got Nadal against Tsitsubas tomorrow uh, in the afternoon. Then we've got Medvedev against Verev in the evening. Which
2: Matt and I were discussing earlier... Uh, on initial reflection feels like a bizarre order of play because you think Nadal sits first night session but that order ensures that whatever the result of the first match the second match remains live yeah and important okay
3: yeah exactly because and
2: nob- nobody wants team Berrettini again no correct
1: uh, and then we've already had the uh, the order of play for Saturday have because we? Yeah, because Roger Federer is going to be in the afternoon match against whoever. And then in the evening, it's going to be Dominic Team. That much I do know. Against whoever. Yeah. So, there we are. Uh, and in the doubles today, uh, Lucas Kubot and Marcelo Melo beat Raji Ram and Joe Salisbury, who you interviewed today, I believe.
2: I did. Yep. On
1: uh, Amazon Prime. And, the, and so Salisbury and Ram have just missed out, haven't they? They haven't quite made the semis.
2: No, and they, well... I mean, they both were gutted, but Rajiv, Rajiv Ram was philosophically gutted. Joe Salisbury was, I'm going to go and rock myself back and forth in a dark room for the next fortnight, sit to Bastile gutted.
1: Oh, dear. Um, uh, so, we've... Yeah. G- and, right, so, he'll be peaking Joe. again in about four months' time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor old Joe. Uh, anyway, good luck, Joe. Well done, Joe, for, for reaching the, the finals. Uh, Ivan Dodig and somebody Polisek, what's his first name?
2: Philip Polisek.
1: Philip. Oh, yeah. Polish Slovakia. Who retired? It's got a great for, backstory. He retired for five years, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. And then he came back, and now he's won. He beat Raven, Klass, and Mike. Michael, yeah, Venus. It was, it,
2: before you delve too far, that was a total dead rubber. Was it?
3: Yeah. Okay. Venus right. and we were already through.
1: Top okay. Of the yeah. <laughs> right. So that's that. Uh, you've got your order of play for tomorrow. You know that. Uh, I have got one other thing to tell you about, though, folks. Oh, dead, because... Dead, dead. because Tennis Podcast Live is coming your way on the 2nd of December. Uh, for our Kickstarter backers, we are crowdfunding every December, folks, in order to keep this show on the road. Um, and on the 2nd of December, that's when we'll start our crowdfunding for 2020. We want to go everywhere. We want to go to all the slams. Uh, and we've got to fly everybody all over the shop and get hotels and all that sort of thing. Um, and we've got to give Matt a job again, haven't we? Otherwise you won't it's be crazy, here. He yeah. All right. Um, and anyway, all the people that backed us in 2019... Uh, get an automatic invitation to our tennis podcast live event on the 2nd of December at 6.30pm. It's at the Queen's Club. How cool's is that? Uh, and however, we've now realised that the room that they've given us is big enough to take some more people. So... <laughs> We have some spaces available, uh, which we are going to sell some tickets for at uh, twenty pounds a head. What we're going to do, because we don't, we don't really know uh, how many people we're going to have interested, so send in your details. If you'd like,
2: hype it up, David.
1: If, if you'd like to come to Tennis podcast live,
2: you're supposed to say um, all the all like rubbish concerts that aren't selling the posters always have last few tickets available oh is that what
1: I should say oh okay sorry last few tickets available <laughs> folks uh, to Tennis Podcast Live so if, you, if you're interested uh, £20 a ticket s- send your name and contact details to events at gmail.com and we will draw winners from about and you can bring a friend uh, who was also going to pay 20 pounds (laughs) (laughs) so there we are Um, do that before Friday the 22nd of November
2: the 20 quid includes refreshments
1: it does yeah absolutely right and us
2: vast entertainment
1: enormous Uh, so there we are that's what we're doing Um, and the link is on your show notes if you'd like to scroll down on your phone uh, as is uh, the opportunity to sign up to our newsletter and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We have been brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Uh, our mascot is Rio with a Y. How many more of these we got to do this week?
3: Three. Three, three more of tomorrow's my last day here.
1: Is it? Where are you going? Madrid. Madrid. For, for Following Djokovic
2: tennis. to Madrid.
1: Yeah, yes. Question marks over Djokovic's fitness, I suppose.
3: Yeah, he, he he said he hopes he'll he'll be all right, but yeah, certainly question marks.
1: The British team are already there. I saw some social media stuff there. Andy Murray already practising on the centre court there.
3: Yes, which is green, like yep. in it looks a bit like Paris looks um, green green court, and yeah, they're, they're sort of arriving in drips and drabs, aren't they? Because of quite a lot of the players are obviously still here.
1: Yeah. So you'll be going on Saturday, uh, media day on Sunday. So Catherine and I will hold the show here on Saturday and Sunday. And then we're going to have daily editions of the Tennis Podcast all next week throughout the Davis Cup finals uh, by Rakuten. And if you'd like to go, we have uh, a... Code a fifteen percent off code if you'd like to go to DavisCupfinals.com Davis and enter the code, which is TTP Davis Cup Finals, and you can get fifteen percent off on us. And uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoy the week of tennis in Madrid. I hope you enjoy the next three days here at the O2 Arena. We're loving it. Keep listening to the show. Keep telling your friends, anybody you've come across who you think might like the show uh, and want to listen to the tennis podcast, tell them all about it, and we'll see you tomorrow.